Tappers, what's up? It is the Wednesday edition of the Daily Tap for February 17th, Ash Wednesday. Hope you guys have given up something for Lent. I just, as a new practicing Catholic, was learning all about the Lenten, why we fast, why we do not eat meat on Fridays or on days like this. So I hope you've chose something, but I hope you're not giving up on SoTap WY. Good show today. We're going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and why I don't think you should be panicking like Giannis said. We'll also talk about why Jalen Johnson doesn't deserve the player empowerment treatment. And then we'll talk about a couple of the moves that the Brewers made. Nothing major, um, just worth kind of going over. Talking a little bit here and there. We talked a little bit about Derek Fisher at the end. It's happening to Keg last night, so he won't be brought up. But Travis Shaw, Brett Anderson back in the mix. So we'll do that at the end. And you can listen to Tapping the Keg after you listen to this great daily tap that's on tap for you. So let's get going. We start with the Milwaukee Bucks. So Milwaukee Bucks lose their fourth straight game to the Toronto Raptors. 124-113. to It was a rough loss. Because you had no Kyle Lauer in the second half. He was bothered by an ankle injury. The Bucks just could not stop the Toronto offense. And the continued absence of Drew Holiday because of COVID-19 is being felt with this basketball team. The Milwaukee Bucks just cannot play any defense right now. And it's a real issue. And I think that change needs to happen sooner rather than later for the Milwaukee Bucks. I... I understand not panicking. Okay, let's let's start there. Let's before we go into a, how I fix the Bucks because I've talked about these things and I think just more stuff needs to be implemented. But the fact of the matter is, is that here is why you don't panic. All right, number one, the Bucks are a Suns buzzer beater away from only having a three-game losing streak. That's number one, and a game that the Bucks probably should have won and they pissed away. Number two, Oklahoma City, you can chalk that up to the Bucks being tired. I talked about that on Monday. I think I wish the Bucks would have just rested Giannis and Chris. And I feel like if you had rested Giannis and Chris on Sunday, I think you beat the Raptors tonight. I know that sounds weird, but it, it seemed like Chris was kind of feeling the effects of sort of carrying the load as sort of the point forward for the last few days as he struggled tonight mightily against the ferocious Toronto defense. Number three, despite their record, Toronto's been pretty good down the stretch here. Toronto has a top 10 offense in net rating. They have not really been that good defensively. That's part of the reason your boy liked the overnight. Thought he bet it, but he didn't. Um, but Toronto as an as a team has been a top 10 net rating team in the last 10 games. Toronto isn't bad right now. Even though their record shows it, even though they lost to Minnesota on Sunday night, Toronto isn't a bad team. And they're playing good basketball. Now, obviously, you lose Kyle Lowry for a full game versus just a half game is going to be an issue. I think I've heard before that it's kind of easier sometimes to lose a guy within the game. And then when you actually have to game plan without him, it becomes more of a factor. Um, you know, obviously extended minutes for guys like Matt Thomas, who can't play defense to save save his soul. He'd fit right in, actually, with the Milwaukee Bucks, the Onalaskan native. But 
the Milwaukee Bucks are not worthy of a panic. Giannis, who apparently isn't on social media, but somehow knows that all the Bucks fans are going crazy. Probably Giannis gets a report from his PR or his agents or somebody else that tells him, hey, here's what people are saying about you on social media today. And so Giannis knows people are freaking the fuck out. People want Bud fired. People are going nuts. And Giannis is like, hey, don't panic. We're getting better. It's not great. We're going to figure it out. And it carried a lot of vibes of the Green Bay Packers after they lost to the Indianapolis Colts. Do you remember that? The Packers commentary after that game was not a team who was really down on their luck. They were almost a team who knew they were very close. I don't think the Bucs think they're very close, but I, I know that they are like, you know what? We're just doing our best without Holiday. He is our leader. He is kind of taking over this defense. We need him out there. And when we don't have him out there, we really struggle and we know it. And we're still trying to figure out how to play without him. And right now, they don't exactly know that solution. They don't have that yet. It has not been unlocked. Part of the problem is they have to play way more DJ Augustine than I think they want to. And the Bucks have to start looking at different things that they could potentially do with this roster. Right now, things are getting a stale vibe. I think why people are panicking just to get inside the mind of a doom and gloom Bucks fan because I got it from like friends I got it from people on Twitter I mean there are people that are just kind of out of control and first of all like all right we'll do the bud stuff I want to do the bud stuff at the end of this because I have to kind of keep fucking this chicken until you guys get it because it just has not been able to penetrate no matter what I say but I'll start with the the panic side about why it's panicking I think People have seen a stale version of the Milwaukee Bucks for the last few games. And they're like, all right, are you going to change anything? Are you going to make any real adjustments here? Are you going to fix some of the rotations? Are you going to kind of look at different ways to sort of put guys together? Maybe, you know, a Brooke Lopez and a Giannis with DJ Augustine to kind of protect his bad defense. So that if someone, if he gets into the lane, he has someone waiting there or Bobby Portis. Has there been a thought to bring Bobby Portis into the starting lineup and put Brooke Lopez with the second unit? Has there been any ideas about Bryn Forbes starting versus Dante DiVincenzo trying to spark that second unit using Dante and Pat, which worked so well last year? I know Pat Connington's not a fan by a lot of people, but look, he had a really good game uh, on Tuesday night. You got to give him credit for that. And, and as Mitch said in a chat, like if they didn't have Pat, they probably got blown out by 30 points. I mean, Toronto couldn't miss in the first half. And now I know the other frustration is why does everybody make shots against the Bucks? Why is the Bucks defense so bad? Well, look, I mean, they showed the numbers. The Bucks are 25th in the NBA without holiday in the last few games uh, against the three-pointer. They are bottom five in the league when it comes to defense right now without Holiday. It's a real problem. They're going to have to outscore teams, and I don't know if they can do that. But they have to figure out a way, or they have to try something new on defense, whether it's zone, whether it is different matchup stuff. The nice thing about Toronto is you get to play them again. So you get to say, all right, make some real adjustments. I do think if they lose to Toronto on Thursday night and it's a national broadcast, I think then the panic intensifies. I feel like Giannis's comments would be a lot different. It's kind of like Mitch, who on our podcast yesterday, you can go back and listen to it, was like, I don't get why everybody's doom and gloom about three losses. And then today it was like he wanted to throw the baby out of the bathwater. 
So it, it, it it's amazing how it'll change within a day. But the Bucks have a pretty easy schedule after Toronto. They are not facing that many good teams. New Orleans, who knows? Memphis, Minnesota. Like, they're Oklahoma City, who they owe, right? They owe a fucking beat down to the Thunder. Sacramento Kings, who've fallen off of late. Those are all winnable games for the Milwaukee Bucks. And they're playing in an absolute shit show of a conference. The Eastern Conference is so bad right now. And it's talented. Don't get me wrong. Like, there is a lot of talent in the East. There's a must-watch game in the East every night. Like, Boston, Brooklyn, Philadelphia. I think New York is watchable. I think Chicago, in a weird way, is watchable. Charlotte, definitely watchable. Washington, in a weird, dysfunctional way, is watchable. They have watchable teams all over. They're just not that good. I I don't know what to tell you. So if you look at the league in general, the Bucs have the ninth best record in, in the NBA. They have the second or third best record, depending on what happens with Brooklyn as we're, they're finishing up their game as we're taping right now. So that's crazy, right? If we did like a full 116 playoffs and everybody played each other, the West would have the top four seeds in, in, in all of the NBA. Actually, they would have the top seven besides Philadelphia. Absolutely absurd. The West just, and I know it's a short season, right? Like, we're still weirdly early. I know we're a quarter way in. But right now, these records would resemble, like, early January in a regular season. Like, we wouldn't be even be at All-Star yet. We'd be just getting out of Christmas. And so that part of it is like, all right, are we just going through growing pains with this team? And the last two years have been so easy and we just put our feet up and we're able to just slug Miller Lights and be like, all right, doesn't matter. We can beat whoever. We're just going to bring down the hammer. And now we actually have to deal with some adversity and everybody, all they want to do is fire Mike Budenholzer. Come on. Like, that's not going to solve anything. I, I, I really don't understand. I asked the question tonight on Twitter. I said, who do you want? And the answers were, I, I asked, someone directly he didn't respond to me Uh, and it's like all right it's cool to say like fire bud it's cool for retweets right but like is it really gonna get it done and is darvin ham just gonna solve all your problems he worked under bud and yeah clayton pointed out taylor jenkins and a little bit of quinn snyder i think quinn snyder is a stretch quinn snyder coached with bud for a year but taylor jenkins yeah you learned everything that there is to know about bud but He's coaching a Memphis team where the goal is seven seed. It's not hard to do, right? Like it's not it's not that difficult. It Memphis just has to beat up on the East, make sure they win against teams they're supposed to, and then that's it. But Memphis has when they've faced high level competition this year, they've gotten their ass kicked. They got their ass kicked last night against the Pelicans, who put up fucking hundred and forty some points against them. So it's like. I don't know. Is Taylor Jenkins doing a great job? He, he's doing a good job. I don't know if it's like stellar. He, yeah, he definitely got that Memphis team to overachieve last year. The question is, can you do it again? Right now, you're 11 and 12. You're far out of the playoffs. I think they're three games back. Uh, so let's kind of wait and see on that. 
if he gets him into a playing game again, all right. Then then that's he deserves some credit. There's deserves some kudos. But yeah, I don't know if Darvin Ham just immediately makes this team better or Charles Lee, right? And a, the last part about the Firebud stuff. Giannis Antetokounmpo wanted Budenholzer here. And I know Giannis is fiercely loyal. I understand that Giannis did not want to fire Jason Kidd if you gave him that choice. Now, he didn't have the empowerment that he does today because he wasn't an MVP just yet. And so it's a weird thing to say, what if Jason Kidd stuck around? Would Giannis have made sure he stayed? I don't know. I think he would have burned enough bridges that people would have been done with him. But, that said, it was Giannis's decision to keep Bud. That was Giannis's call. And yeah, at the end of this year, if things aren't going well, I think Giannis is going to be like, all right, you guys were right. Because I'm sure there are people that are talking to Giannis like, are you sure about this Bud guy? Been watching a lot of y- Entourage lately. And I'm sure that like the turtles and the dramas and the ease of the world for Giannis are you know they're having those conversations with him on a regular basis and he definitely definitely spins his wheels but I feel like his commentary about not panicking to the fans is everything I need to know about Bud's job security Bud isn't going anywhere until we start seeing Giannis come out in the media a little bit against Bud a little bit of showing that there's some friction. There's no change that's going to be made, guys. So I I know it's fun to talk about and I know it's fun to tweet about, but it's not going to do you much, okay? So, all right, let's move on to Jalen Johnson. So Jalen Johnson, we just talked about player empowerment with Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? So Jalen Johnson decided to quit on Duke. Uh, three weeks before the season ended, he quit. He just flat out decided he didn't want to play basketball anymore. He picked his ball up and he went back home. Who knows where home is right now for Jalen? I think some prairie, right? Um, but who knows? He could be in Florida, could be in New York, whatever. I mean, LA, getting ready to train for the NBA. So Jalen Johnson decided he didn't want to be a college athlete anymore. He wanted to train and get ready for the league. Now, this is a trend for Jalen Johnson, where Jalen Johnson left IMG, although I was told by a source that it wasn't a basketball-related thing. It was an off-the-court issue, shall we say. Um, And then he also left Nicolet uh, before the season ended. He, I think, left Sun Prairie at the, you know, after the season. But I believe it's not been since Sun Prairie his sophomore year that he's played a full season of basketball. How the fuck does this guy think that's going to fly in the NBA? How does he, how honestly does he think that's going to work? And I know I kind of talked about this yesterday, so I won't get into that part. But what I, I can't buy into is people that are championing this decision. I understand we all hate the NCAA, right? Like we all think NCAA is, or NCAA is a bag of dicks. I'm not disagreeing with you there. But to act like Jalen Johnson is somehow like, well, he's not getting paid, so why should he be here? Fuck that. You are three weeks away from being done with the season. Three weeks. Like, three weeks is nothing. Three weeks goes by like that. All right? Like, 
if you don't win the ACC tournament, you're done. You're going home. Unless Duke gets on an amazing run here. And trust me, if Duke is anywhere near the bubble, they're getting in the tournament. I hope I hope everybody knows that. I hope that's the same with North Carolina. That's the same with Indiana. If you're telling me we could put North Carolina, Duke, or Indiana in the first four, and they're not going to do that, the NCAA will do it 100% and fuck over a team like Drake. Although I could make a case Drake doesn't deserve being it, whatever. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. That's not what we're here for. We're here for Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson is not worth your your energy. It's not worth your time to be like, this guy's getting screwed by the NCAA. This guy has to worry about COVID-19. COVID-19? I, I know that we're still in a pandemic, right? But you do see that like the numbers are dying by the day. You see that everything is falling off a cliff. Because more people are getting vaccinated. There's a little bit of herd immunity going on. And it is not a thing as it was back in November. If when the rates were high, when Duke and Kay had that comment about we shouldn't be playing and he wanted to take his ball and go home. And if then Jalen Johnson opted out, if Jalen Johnson at that point opted out and said, I am, I'm done, like I'm done with the year. I'd have a little more sympathy because that would make sense, right? That would be when everything was going wrong. But nothing is going going wrong right now with COVID. This is just a guy who's acting like a spoiled brat, who is basically saying, all right, I don't like it here. I want to go home. And I asked a source about it. And it's like, yeah, his family just does what they want. If they want to play basketball, they're cool. If they don't, it's out. Tell me how that's going to fucking work in the NBA. Somebody explain that to me. Because he'll get coddled right now. Everybody will treat his ass with kid gloves. Because everyone hates the NCAA. But in, in reality, in the real world, which is the NBA. And the NBA is the real world. Don't get it twisted. Okay? For professional sports, of course. It's not going to be treated that way. Look at what Marcus Johnson said today on the broadcast for the Bucks and Raptors. DeAndre Bremery, who's been bouncing around the NBA for, I don't know, the last seven or eight years. Bremery, Bremery won Conference Player of the Year for St. Joseph's in the A-10. Pretty good basketball conference. And he isn't even a starter. And Johnson's point was like, even the conference players of the years don't always make it to the league. That's how good these guys are. So for a guy like Jalen Johnson to not think that he's going to have to work to be an NBA star, that he thinks he is already, that he thinks that everybody should suck his dick. It's incredible. And if you're like, Charlie, why are you beating up on a 19-year-old? Or whatever? I mean, he could be 18. I don't care. All right. This guy made a choice to be, he's good at basketball. He's in the public eye. I can rag on him. All right. And if you don't like that, don't listen to me. I don't care. I I don't want you to give me up for Lent, but I also really, it's my podcast. So I, I just have no problem with it because I think what he did was quitting. And if you don't think that we disagree, that's okay. I'm edgy. I am edgy today. A little on edge. I don't know why. We'll see. 
sometimes sometimes your boy just you know there's too much bullshit in the world <laughs> but anyways yeah i johnson man i i just can't i can't get down with being him being coddled here he's just had a history of doing this and I guess to kind of bring it back locally, besides just that he's a Wisconsin kid, you got to breathe the sigh of relief if you're Greg Gard. Because, and I know like Badger fans will be well, I'm glad we didn't get him because uh, not Badger way or whatever that jerk off motion could be. But I will say this, like for the Badgers, this sounds like another Kobe King. It's different, obviously, because Kobe, Kobe all, all of those, all that, all those issues that went on with the strike coach and that, and that was a different story. And I don't really know what's going on with Kobe King. Like went to Nebraska, then was going to go play for UW lacrosse. Then that didn't happen. I, yeah, I, I think there's a lot more of that Kobe King story than we'll maybe ever know. It's kind of starting to get some Sam Oakey vibes to it. If you catch my drift. Um, but it sounds like that Jalen Johnson would have just been another version of this. And we see this all the time. We saw this with Jerron Maiman and Marquette. Tim Maiman threw a fucking fit. For people you talk to, we saw this with the Ellensons. The Ellensons thought Wally should have been a starter with his brother Henry. And they were obsessive about Wally getting more playing time. Parents fuck this stuff up more than anything. So maybe I was a little too hard on Jalen. But you got to ignore your parents sometimes. They don't always have the best interests for you. I hate to say that. And I know that Aaron Rodgers gets a lot of flack for hating his parents, but I think it's the exact reason. He realized that his parents weren't the best thing for him. So I hope Jalen realizes that before he's letting his dad conduct NBA interviews. All right, let's move on to the baseball world and the couple of the Brewer signings, and then we'll wrap up for the day. I actually have a Chuck's Corner at the end. Surprise Chuck's Corner at the end, since I have a little more time here to spare. The Milwaukee Brewers made some moves today. They signed Brett Anderson pending a physical. That's what his Twitter says. He goes, I throw baseballs for the Milwaukee Brewers as long as I pass a physical. Pretty funny stuff. And then they also added Travis Shaw on a minor league deal. Let's start with Anderson. So I, at first I was like, ah, I don't know. I, I, I found a gift from Workaholics that was like a meh face. That's kind of how I felt about Brett Anderson. I was like, ah, eh, yeah, you know. It's fine. It's not great, but it'll it'll do the trick. It'll be okay. I'm I'm okay with it. And then, as someone pointed out, like, all right, Anderson's a ground ball pitcher. Part of the reason why Anderson was such an issue or such a not a good fit for last year's team is they just didn't have that good of defense. The defense that they had last year pales in comparison versus what they should have this year. With what they have with Colton Wong and Lorenzo Cain, Anderson could be really good with this team. And, oh, by the way, the ball is being deadened because baseball hates fucking fun. So Anderson will not have to deal with the fly ball issues that he he suffers. And balls might go into the ground a little more often. And that sinker may sink a little bit more. So now I'm like, I'm kind of in on Brett Anderson trying to, you know, be the fifth starter for the team. And as Adam McCalvey noted, the Brewers are going to need some depth because you're jumping from 60 games to 162. I have no idea how that fatigues guys. Like I'd love to ask McCalvey that. I'm not on like, he's not a friend of the program, so we can't really have him on. 
But I'd love to know like why that is such an issue. Because it was just one season. Like they've been playing for 162 for ever, really. So why was that a one one year jump? Is that gonna be the reason they need more depth? Is they are they just expecting that injuries are gonna happen? But I look, I think Brett Anderson would be a fine addition for the fifth starter for the Brewers. You know, looking right now at what the Brewers have for a rotation, you obviously have Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff sort of leading the way, but then you go after that starting, and you have Adrian Hauser as your third third guy. Josh Lindblom still there. Brett Anderson added would definitely be your fifth starter. Now, Eric Lauer, Freddie Peralta might might also have a case. Brent Suter, I think, is going to be a bullpen guy, but who knows? Maybe Brent Suter tries to tries to throw his name into the hat. But yeah, I I think that that's what the Brewers are going to go with, and that and I'm okay with it. Really, I Drew Rasmussen, bullpen guy. Yeah, there. I mean, there really isn't a guy where I look at it and I'm like, all right, they're going to get invited. Alex Aaron Ashby is lefty, who I. He could potentially be a starter for the Brewers this year. I don't know. Uh, Jenkins maybe as well. Zach Brown I feel like has been in the the minors forever. He's only tw- he's twenty six. Ashby is the one to kind of get a little excited about. He's twenty two. He's already he's already at Triple A at twenty two. Left hander. You gotta kind of you kind of kind of gotta get a little excited about that and see maybe maybe can he be something for for the Brewers whether it's this year or later down the road in 2021. But yeah, I'm I'm on board with I'm on board with Anderson. I'm on board with bringing him back. At first I kind of wasn't, now I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. And I think that I think that's something that that we can really see from this team. The Milwaukee Brewers added Travis Shaw to the mix as as well. Um Travis Shaw Travis Shaw got added as well, and Travis Shaw is a part of the Brewers organization yet again. I'm really surprised by this, honestly. Um, first of all, I thought Travis Shaw kind of burned his bridge. Like I thought Travis Shaw and the Brewers kind of had some words. Shaw really wasn't happy about his demotion um, and you know getting replaced by Mike Moustakis and sort of feeling like he was not a part of of what the Brewers were trying to do. And now he's back. And that that's kind of crazy. He's going to get another chance. As the, as the Journal Sentinel said. I mean he's going to get another chance. To be something. And he really didn't have that great of a 2020. Playing for the Blue Jays. Um, he hit six home runs. Batted 235. I did think at one point I did advocate for Travis Shaw. So I, that is on the record. But the guy hit 31 home runs. In 2017, he hit 32 home runs in 2018. He batted 273 in 2017 with an OBP of 343. He slugged 513, 34 doubles, 147 hits. It was a really good season. Next year wasn't as good. I mean, he was a good home run hitter, but he suffered in the on-base percentage. I believe he striked out, struck out a lot in that that year as well. I see here I have it up I don't that's okay but so now he gets another chance now he's 31 years old he's a little older and we'll see we'll see what happens um, we'll see if Travis Shaw can kind of refine that magic and work on what 
what got him to the 2017 levels. Was that just a flash in the pan for Shaw? He's projected right now to hit 19 home runs, but only bat 219. That's not really going to get it done with 118 strikeouts. But if the Brewers can kind of unlock something again in Shaw, it's a major upgrade at the third base position. He can also play a little bit out there as well. Now, I know Brewer fans are disappointed. Going from Justin Turner to, to Travis Shaw is quite a step down. But I also will point out he is a minor league invite. There is no guarantee that Travis Shaw will make the team. There's no guarantee that Travis Shaw will be the third baseman of the Brewers. He very well could be a platoon with a guy like Ulysses Urias, Daniel Robinson, and Craig Council is just playing the lineups. But Travis Shaw has to be down for that. Because that screwed Travis Shaw's head in 2019. And then he had the choice words with the Brewers and struggled at the plate. So Travis Shaw at least has to be down with the idea of sort of rotating around. And if he's cool with it, I think the Brewers will be all right with it. And I think I think they'll figure it out. And hopefully Travis can kind of find that that magic again. But given what's out there in the third base world, I'm not like broken heart, broken hearted about it. I mean, Mikel Franco, I was a name that a lot of people talked about as I dove into Mikel Franco a little bit more the less I started to like about him. So I'm okay with Shaw over Franco. Um, I think it's a fine move. Again, it's just a non-roster invite. If he's something, they sign him. He's added to the 40-man, great. If not, and he sucks, well, he sucked. And it was a two-week experiment and didn't work out. And maybe there's another guy there they look for to add in the second part of spring training. So I know I said I was going to do that Chuck's Corner. I am not. I'm tight on time. I will save it for tomorrow. I think it's an interesting comment and has my brain sort of spinning. All right. Hope you enjoyed the show. Even if you uh, disagree with me a little bit today. So I want to let you know, we don't have to disagree. We don't have to agree on everything. And I, I hope we don't. I hope there are times where you listen to me and you say, God, he's being a fucking idiot. He's just, I do not agree at all. That's cool. I love that. Because guess what? I listen to Bill Simmons. I listen to Ryan Rosillo. I listen to the part of my take guys. Less the part of my take guys. But more Simmons and Rosillo. Or some of the guests they have on. I'm like, I fucking can't. I don't agree with this at all. Once we want, I want to rage tweet about this. And that's that's cool. That's part of it. That's why I hope you guys are listening. If you If you guys agreed with everything I said, that'd be boring. So I know I was a little bit demeaning it wasn't it wasn't meant to it was just i want to make sure that you guys know that we're not always gonna agree all right take care have a good one bye